Mmm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Welcome to a Turn on the Jets digital special presentation. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And I am joined by a very frequent guest on this program. He is, of course, the great beat reporter from NJ.com and New Jersey Advanced Media, Mr. Daryl Slater, Father Flannel himself. Daryl, what's going on, man? Not too much. Just enjoying the nice weather, getting ready for some downtime. We've got a little downtime already and then got some more coming up before training camp starts. So uh, nice time of year. Absolutely. Plenty of downtime on the way for the reporters who cover the beat. Chris Nimbley thought he was going to get in on that early and ended up having to rush back from his vacation on the Jersey Shore after the Jets made a bunch of moves in the front office. Joe Douglas adding some key lieutenants there. We discussed that news last week, but there's more news coming out this week, the biggest of which would be the Jets' practice schedule. A lot of people are not happy about this, Daryl. Yeah, the Jets have four publicly open practices in the, in training camp. They they also have the green and white scrimmage at Rutgers. But if you're just talking about practices in Florham Park, there are only four of those. Now, they have two practices that are lit, open to summer camps only, which means, like, kids who attend summer camp, which is, like, a very small portion of the population. So uh, that's not really a publicly open practice. It's just, that doesn't count. Um, you know, if, you, if you're 35 years old and find a way to get to go to a summer camp with 8-year-old kids, well, then... You probably deserve to be in prison, but anyway, you can you can you can go to that you can go to that Jets practice, I guess. But so there are four, and last year there were um, three. But remember, the Jets did spend a week in 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 Richmond and, and three practices down there, training uh, with Washington and, and their joint practices. So if you compare this to 2017, uh, I believe the Jets had six open publicly open practices that year fully open to the public, not VIPs, not summer camps, fully open to the public. I think in 2016, they had eight um, on the story we, we had on the website that should be on there. If you want to go check my, what I'm saying there, but uh, if so, if you throw out last year because the Jets didn't have all, you know, they went away for a week. Uh, this four practices is definitely fewer than six or eight, which is what they had in 2017 and 2016, which were comparable years in terms of uh, them being in Florham Park for the entirety of, of training camp. So, yeah, four is not a lot. Again, you don't really count the summer camp, and if you set aside the green and white scrimmage, we'll touch talking about practices, as Alan Iverson would say, not uh, not uh, green and white scrimmages. It doesn't quite roll off the tongue as easily. But, uh, but yeah, so not a lot. And one of the reasons the Jets have kind of come out Look, I mean, this is all up to the coach. The coach dictates this stuff. So if you don't like it, then it's one more thing for you to be upset with Adam Gase about if you're upset with him about anything at all in the first place. So um, that's part of it. And the Jets have kind of said, oh, look, you know, there's there's construction in the area. Uh, you know, there, there is construction around that, that happens. That's been happening in the surrounding areas around the Jets facility. So that has kind of eliminated some of the parking 
access. But if they wanted to open more practices to the public, they absolutely could. They could find a way to make it happen. Uh, what they do now, what they did last year, and what they are doing this year, we wrote the same story. I think the story, the same headline. Why are there so few publicly open practices? Well, last year, it was the, the training camp joint practices contributed to it. The construction stuff contributed to it. And they're doing what they did this year, which is they're having those open practices on the weekends. And one of the reasons being more people can come on the weekends, obviously. Uh, but also... Um, Parking is a, a little more more open on the weekends in terms of uh, some of those lots at the at the buildings around aren't being used by the employees at those office buildings, so the Jets can can use those lots on the weekends. So, but look, if they wanted to find a way to do it and have more publicly open practices, they could certainly do it. If they wanted to find a way to have publicly open practices during the week, they could do it. Uh, this is, you know, for better or worse, this is the way that they're deciding to do things. It's obviously not going to impact whether they're a good team this year or not. But, uh, you know, when you're trying to build relations with a fan base after your team has won 14 games combined in the last three years, um, maybe not the best way. But but ultimately, winning cures all. So if they win games, people are not going to care if this is the way things unfolded in the summer. And, uh, yeah, look, I mean, for the, for the Jets to say, like, no one would show up during the middle of the week is kind of silly. This is, this is the biggest metro area in the entire country. There's enough people that have summer time off, you know, people, parents who can stay home with their kids uh, during the week, and all these kids are off during the summer. So, I don't know. I mean, my mom was a teacher, so I guess that was different. But I don't know who, who watches these kids during the week, during the summertime, but with their parents both work. Uh, but... Yeah, so they could find a way to like get a decent amount of people there during the week, I'm sure, um, if they wanted to open the practices during the week and if they wanted to try to find a way to navigate some of the parking issues, they could. But this is what they've chosen to do, and um, I guess uh, fans will have to kind of deal with it. And the green and white scrimmage being at Rutgers, again, uh, I think what complicated that, I didn't really dig too deep into this, quite frankly, but uh, if you look at those dates, I think... MetLife Stadium last year was unavailable because of a Jay-Z concert or something like that. Well, I think this time around, it maybe coincides with the Rolling Stones rescheduled dates because Mick Jagger had that heart surgery. The Stones had to bump their tour to a a few months later. So I think that's what's happening there, and that's maybe why it might be at Rutgers. I'm not sure. Anyway, bottom line, it's at Rutgers. Quite frankly, if you don't live in the Central Jersey area, don't bother going. The Green and White scrimmage at least has been a practice under Todd Bowles. It's Kind of a waste of time. Rutgers Stadium is not that nice. Uh, it's a parking kind of disaster down there. So, I mean, look, you don't you don't need to spend your time going to that if you don't. look. If that's your only opportunity to see the team and you really want to do it, go for it. Um, but you'd probably be better served just going on StubHub and getting a ticket for ten bucks to an actual preseason game where you can actually see some more game action. So, that's sort of how it all breaks down. While sports can bring us so much joy, it can also bring us a lot of unwanted stress. And that stress can make it difficult to concentrate, relax, and get decent sleep. Sunday Scaries was launched in 2017 by two best friends and business partners, Bo Schmidt and Mike Sill. They operated a full-service bar with 50 employees and were always exhausted. They tried all kinds of products, but they didn't work. Then they started experimenting with CBD. They loved the effects and regained control of their days and nights, but they wanted better CBD products. So what they did for themselves was specially formulate CBD gummies with vitamins D3 and B12 that were super consumable, easy to take on the go, and effective. Long story short, their specially formulated CBD products and vitamins helped relieve the over 
overwhelming angst they felt on a daily basis. So in July 2017, they named the company Sunday Scaries and began sharing their products with friends and launched their online store at sundayscaries.com. With tens of thousands of customers, monthly subscribers, and a 100% money-back guarantee, Sunday Scaries has always been on a mission to transform a worrisome nation into a chill one. And right now, we have a bonus for you. Get 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Again, 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Daryl, I guess if the Jets have a scheduling conflict with the Rolling Stones, one might say that the Jets would have mixed emotions about making their fans sad, sad, sad that they won't get no satisfaction. There you go. Will Adam Gase come to the Jets' emotional rescue? I mean, I think that's the... uh... Will Joe Douglas tattoo you like he's tattooed himself? That's what we're going to find out this (laughs) offseason in training camp. A little bit of Rolling Stones humor. Google it, kids. Trust me, the Rolling Stones are a band that is well worth your time. But I will say this, Daryl. When I used to go to training camp practices at Hofstra, there were always people there, no matter what time of day and no matter what day of the week. There's always people that will take one day off a week or leave work early one day or something like that, and the place fills up. It's not necessarily going to be packed to the brim like it would be at the stadium for an actual game, but there's always a strong crowd at these things. I think that, like you said, if the Jets really wanted to make this happen and have the fans there and build that relationship, they could easily find a way to do it. For sure. I think they could, but they're not doing it. And um, look, I mean, if, if, if folks don't like it, if you don't like anything the team's doing, you don't have to go go to the games. You know, don't go to the games. Uh, that uh, that's the ultimate thing. You pay with your wallet. You you vote with your wallet, I should say. So, um, but look, I mean, the bottom line is, people who really want to go to the games are going to go, and they're probably not going to be deterred by how many open training camp practices that the team has. So, but uh, yeah, if you don't like the direction the team is going, you you don't have to go to the games. Uh, but. Uh, but I'm sure there's a lot, you know, there's a lot of people who are heavily invested in the team who really like the direction the team is going, and well, they should, and well, they should, and they should want to get out and see these guys. And it's unfortunate that they're not going to have more opportunities to do it. And you know, quite frankly, it's unfortunate that they're going to have to haul down to Rutgers on a Friday night or whatever to be able to see these guys if they can't get out there for one of the training camp practices if they really want to do that. Um, but like I said, I think the preseason might be, you know, spend the ten bucks. Just save your gas money. Don't go to Rutgers. I mean, come, that stadium, I know they upgraded it, but it's not that nice. It's impossible to get in there. Uh, there's nothing interesting down there. I mean, it's just, I, you know, but people are going to be crushing me here, I guess. <laughs> Rutgers people maybe. But, <laughs> like, uh, just I, it would be nice to see them change it up and do it um, do it on Long Island or something like that. I mean, that would be a commuting nightmare for, for me, but I mean, just for, just to shake it up a little bit. I get why they do it because it's a centralized location and it is a legit stadium that they can hold a lot of people at. Uh, so it's probably their second best option, but, um, but it's not exactly, you know, an alluring place. And then from a traffic perspective, it's, it's, it can be kind of a pain in the neck. So at least it was for me last year trying to get in there and I could see, you know, some of the parking situations, people were parked way far out. Um, um, and you know, it's just, I guess they have game traffic there during Rutgers games, but maybe the rec crowd at that game was probably similar, similar to what they get for Rutgers games. So <laughs> I guess the moral of the story, Daryl, is if you want to be at a bunch of jets practices this off season, 
volunteer as the counselor at a summer camp because that's about the only <laughs> way you're going to get to see these practices. <laughs> yeah, you get to see those too. You get to see those too. And then if you want, I don't know. I mean, I guess as we're talking here on Wednesday, I think the tickets go on sale for the, on sale, but they're free. But the tickets are available for the general public tomorrow, Thursday. So we're talking here Wednesday night. And so uh, they were first available to season ticket holders. So if there's any left for those four practices in Florham Park, Go for it. Go for it. I mean, it's a nice way to spend a Saturday. Look, I mean, like, I was dogging on Rutgers. There's nothing to do out there. There's nothing to do in Florham Park either. <laughs> like, <laughs> I guess Morristown's nearby, but there's nothing to do in Florham Park. I mean, it's a bedroom little, as people know, been out there, a little bedroom community. So, uh, but, yeah, look, maybe you can tailgate for the green and white scrimmage. I think that's that's the fun part maybe for people for it on a Friday night. Go down there, get their early tailgate uh, or whatever. So, yeah, the bottom line is this will have no bearing on whether the team's any good, but it's just something something to talk about, certainly, in, in late June. You heard the man. Tickets are on sale for free right now at the Jets' <laughs> website. So if you want them, go ahead and get them before they are gone and you lose out on your chance to see one of the best players in the league under the age of 25, at least according to Sports Illustrated. You know who I'm talking about, Daryl. One Jet made that list. It's not really going to be a surprise to anybody, but why don't you go ahead and tell us who it is. Yeah, Jamal Adams made the list, and so as I put up this list, best players 25 and under. Sam Donald was not on the list. I think there were only two quarterbacks on there, so Pat Mahomes and uh, I guess he goes by Patrick. His dad, the pitcher, was Pat, but uh, and then uh, and then followed by uh, Baker Mayfield, which makes sense. So I guess Sam Darnold would, what, maybe be three? I don't know who else would be 25 and under who would be on that list among quarterbacks. But Jamal Adams was, um, he was actually third on the pecking order. He was, so they listed starters, and I'm not sure who the starters were. You have to go look at that story that we did aggregating the, the list. But, yeah, certainly one of the better young players in the league, no doubt about it. Uh, one of the better young safeties. Is he, is he the second best, third best young safety? Um you know, that's up for debate, but, uh, you know, certainly got a bright future coming off a, a really strong year last year. And, uh, he'll be a huge, huge part of this Jets defense this year. Hey guys, Greg Peterson here with the baseball betting podcast. As we know, the MLB season is back in our lives. It's going to be a 60 game sprint unlike anything that we've ever seen before. And I'm going to be giving you picks every single day, seven days a week with Major League Baseball. We're also going to be keeping up with the KBO as well. If you like baseball and you like being able to make some money, subscribe to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Darnold will get the opportunity to prove the people that made this list wrong this year. I understand why he's not on it right now because last year while he played really well down the stretch, he had a lot of up and down moments. So if we're looking at this objectively, you could see why especially Mahomes but also Mayfield would be ranked ahead of him at least at this moment, even if you think Darnold could be better than Mayfield, and I do think there's a strong possibility that happens. I will say, though, for those that think that Darnold got shortchanged, there's no way he got more shortchanged than the Jets fan base, which was ranked 20th in the fan base rankings. What's going on with that, Daryl? Yeah, so Emory University in Atlanta always does these, every year they do these fan base rankings, and it's very data-based, data-oriented Um and they look at fan engagement, traveling on the road, and attendance, and then they sort of level it out for control factors like uh, 
you know, losing and they try to even it all out and there's a metric and a formula and there's a huge long explanation for it. So the Jets were 15th last year, this year, 20th. Um, so I guess that was based on what happened last year. In the 2019 rankings, based on what happened last year, they were, they were they're 20th. In the 2018 rankings, based on what happened in 2017, they were 15th. So uh, the top five was exactly the same from, from this year to last year. Um, I don't know what the exact top five was. If the Cowboys were number one, the Giants were up there, Steelers. Uh, Eagles, who would have been the fifth team? I'm not sure. Um, Packers, probably. So, um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's it, they try to make it as objective as possible, but to me, I mean, it's still a fairly subjective thing. It's kind of fun to, to to read what the guy Michael Lewis is the name of the professor who does it. Not to be confused with the guy who, the author uh, who wrote uh, The Blind Side and uh, a bunch of other books. Um, but if you go on on the thing we wrote there about it, you can you can go on and, and read his his work. I didn't want to. It's very dense, you know, his process for going through this. So I think that's just as interesting as the rankings because, you know, they try to be as objective as possible. Anyone could just can just subjectively uh, rank these things like who's the best fans. Um, anyone can slap something like that together. But it's neat how they try to make it make it data based and data oriented. So, yeah. Go yell at him if you disagree with it. I guess <laughs> his email, I'm presuming his email is available. I want that'll be a fun story. How many insane emails does this professor get <laughs> every year <laughs> from fans about this thing? So, uh, but yeah, it's up there, and he has a lengthy explanation about how he goes through it all, and it's kind of neat. So, hey guys, this is Greg Peterson, host of the podcast Hooping with Hoops. Despite the fact that college basketball is in the off season, it's never too early to get a jump start on taking a look at these teams because. There is now 357 of them for the upcoming 2020-2021 college basketball season. I'm going to give you guys a deep dive on every last one of them, keep up with all the transfers in college basketball, and so much more. You are able to subscribe to Hoopin' with Hoops on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. I always enjoy studies like that that try to be empirical, but it really is such a subjective thing, even if you have a formula that's quote-unquote scientific because it's really hard to measure the intensity of a fan base. It's really more about, like I said, subjective things that you'll see in terms of crowd response, and then you can get into buying merchandise, buying tickets, television ratings, and such. But I will say, and maybe I'm a little bit biased here, but I would imagine that the Jets are slightly higher than 20th. I think, having been going to Jets games forever, having been involved talking to tons of Jets fans and hardcore fans, casual fans, people that buy merchandise, and just seeing the intensity of the fan base, for good or bad, and Daryl, we both know sometimes the intensity goes the wrong way with this fan base. They are a very loyal bunch of people, especially since the Jets have had plenty of downs to go with some of the ups. And I would think that they'd be ranked higher than 20. I'd have to do a more scientific study, but that's my ultimate thought on that, although I do recommend giving it a read because it is interesting. But something that's not scientific, Daryl, and that's really kind of strange, is that 911 tape involving Le'Veon Bell. We talked about this story a couple of weeks ago with Le'Veon Bell getting robbed by two of his girlfriends. At least that's what he said in the police report. Now the 911 audio comes out, and it's, well, interesting is a word I could use. 
You know, the thing that struck me about it, I mean, it is amusing enough because no one was hurt. You know, he, he didn't get hurt. Nobody, he didn't hurt anybody. Nothing really bad happened. I think we've said, made all these points before. Um, so you can kind of have a chuckle about it because it really, it's, he, they're just things, you know, that were maybe probably insured and then he maybe probably will get back or won't. And even if he doesn't, he's got, you know, plenty of money and he's still got his health and all that good, you know, so, but look, uh, the one thing, you know, I, I, you know, you kind of, you don't want to laugh when someone gets robbed, which is what happened, but you kind of do have to chuckle a little bit at the circumstances of it all. Um, and the thing that kind of amused me about the 911 audio listening to it was, uh, he sounded so calm. Like he was really, really calm when he was calling 911. Like he wasn't freaking out. Uh, now this amount of money that he had and all the things that he lost, I mean, it's a pretty small, it's a large amount, but right. But maybe it's like a, a not a huge fraction of his actual whole worth. Right. So <laughs> imagine losing that much valuable stuff and just being very calmly explaining to the, uh, calmly explaining to the 911 dispatcher what happened. If you listen to the audio, he's pretty calm throughout. Um, and he, and he, he's pretty straightforward, like telling uh, the dispatcher what happened. Uh, and he, uh, yeah, he was asked to describe what clothes the women were wearing when they left his house. And, uh, he well, he said basically like I don't even know what clothes they were wearing that day at all because when he left for the gym they were like naked in his bed. So there you go. So he was <laughs> he had a you know he had a night with these with these ladies and uh, and then he leaves them in his bed naked and they presumably got dressed before they took his stuff or maybe they took his stuff and then got dressed and then left allegedly. Uh, so <laughs> it just adds another layer to what is a fairly bizarre. And, and in the grand scheme of things, harmless story. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, I haven't heard anything about whether they've caught these people or whatever. Uh, who knows if he, like, even knew what their names were. I and mean, he had their phone numbers, I guess he said. Um, so surely there has to be a way, if he had the, the phone numbers of these people, for the authorities to track them down. Um, but I don't know what to what level he had any kind of extensive relationship with any, with these people, uh, or, or how he came to meet them or anything like that. So look, it's a young guy with a lot of money. Uh, ah, mm, the first taste of rare bourbon. You finally got your hands on. That's nice. At caskers.com. We make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. And having, having some fun, you know, having what is pretty harmless fun, or was, I guess, and, you know, still is, all things considered. Got some stuff stolen, but, uh, but, but you know, I'm sure uh, this could have been rectified if he just locked his stuff up. But I, but the, the weird thing is, maybe he was just forgetful, or maybe he trusted these people. Uh, this will be honestly, like I don't care about asking him about football next time I see him. I just want to know, like, how did this happen, dude? Like, yeah, just I want to know, like, fill in the blanks here, like, because uh, I think it's just fascinating on like a uh, on a glimpse into the life of an athlete. Uh, level i think i think that's what people kind of get a kick out of with all this is like this is kind of a glimpse into the private life of, of a guy who is very much a celebrity and like extremely a celebrity for people who pay attention to the jets um so we don't get this peek behind the curtain all that often i mean he's not 
he's not putting stuff on his Instagram story about how he's waking up naked in bed with two women. I mean, he's putting stuff on there about working out. If you see his Instagram story, you know, he works out. He lets you know, he works out. He works out a lot. Uh, and there's a lot of workout videos on there. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but, uh, that's about it from him, you know, on there in terms of his social media presence, kind of mundane stuff, very controlled. Uh, and these guys have very controlled messages and, and glimpses behind the curtains that they provide. So when something like this comes out, very salacious, very raw, very real, I think it, it kind of uh, piques people's interest a little bit because like, oh, man, this is like what really is going on in this dude's life or at least was in that moment. So I think that's that's sort of uh, a part of it that I think people uh, get a voyeuristic kind of kick out of. And uh, certainly that, that, that 911 call audio resonated with a lot of people who, you know, took a chance to poke, poke fun at Lady on Bell about it. And, and, and I think you can have a little bit of a laugh because, like I said, it, no one got hurt. I mean, it's not like someone came into his house, you know, hurt him, hurt one of his loved ones and took his stuff. You know, to everything we know, I mean, nobody was actually hurt in, in this. So uh, I think it would be hysterical if he showed up at his next press conference wearing all of the jewelry that was stolen <laughs> and just and just, oh i got it back so uh anyway but yeah that's the latest on that this is the overtime podcast network bell's relatively calm reaction when calling on one reminded me a little bit of a friend of mine who got married a few years ago and the wedding hall messed everything up. When he got there, they had no record of them renting the wedding hall. Oh, God. Everything was completely screwed up in terms of the food and the drinks and the guests and everything. And my friend was somebody that didn't really show emotion much. So he walked outside and I said to him, is everything okay? And his exact response was, I'm quite perturbed right now. So that's kind of <laughs> what it made me think of when listening to Le'Veon Bell on that date because Le'Veon Bell was about as calm as you could ever imagine for somebody dealing with something like that, same way that my friend was the night of his wedding because I'll never forget him saying that and thinking to myself, man, I'd be punching a hole in the wall right now. <laughs> I mean, I was I get more frazzled when I'm on like the phone with Optimum Cable than like he was there. <laughs> like, I'm, I get like more agitated like 30 seconds into like calling the cable company and trying to like figure out what's going on than than I than he was there. So I guess grace under fire. You know, I don't know what you what you call it, but there you go. <laughs> I guess that means that Le'Veon Bell is not going to let anybody on the football field get under his skin because if he's not bothered by that amount of jewelry being stolen from him. I don't think that he's going to be upset when somebody from the opposing team talks a little trash, right? Yeah, I'm sure he's going to hear it. I'm sure he's going to hear it from people on the field about getting robbed or whatever, about being being a dummy for like being, leaving himself vulnerable. But what's the retort? You know, like I'm really rich and I woke up with two women naked in my bed. Okay, <laughs> and I can afford to lose all this jewelry, I guess. Uh, but yeah, I'm sure he'll hear it on the field for sure. Last order of business, Daryl, involves two former Jets quarterbacks, one of them a legend, one of them a good guy and a solid hand, but wouldn't exactly call him a legend. First, Joe Namath, who came out with the stunning proclamation that Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time. I know. I'm shocked, too, Daryl. And the other is Josh McCown, who actually just retired. We talked about that with your partner on the beat, Matt Stipulkowski, last week. And he came out with some wide receiver rankings for ESPN that praised a different Patriot. But unlike Namath, his praise was a little strange. So let's talk about this. Namath's comments about Brady and then Josh McCown going a little off the reservation, ranking wide receivers in the NFL. 
so Joe Namath has got a book out. Um, I have no idea if it's any good or whatever. I think it's an authorized biography. So, uh, I mean, that, that Mark Kriegel book that was written years ago and the Showtime or HBO documentary probably covers it all when it comes to what you'd actually want to read about Joe. But there you go. Joe's got a book out. And uh, he's promoting and he's talking to anybody and everybody trying to promote it. And he went on Howard Stern. And, and uh, I'm sure there were way more interesting parts of it. Joe Namath's interview with Howard Stern than him saying that Tom Brady is an awesome quarterback. But I guess that's what popped up and was, you know, I don't have Sirius XM, so I did not hear the whole interview. But I saw I, someone aggregated it, and that's how it works. You know, this stuff, like, spreads out. So, um yeah, I mean, he stated the obvious. Tom Brady's the best quarterback of all time. Uh, so there you go. But, uh, I mean, I would I would love to go back and listen to – now, I'm sure if he said anything truly salacious, uh, it would be on there. Quite frankly, I would be more amused to hear Howard try to get, like, old war stories out of him, which by that I mean probably, like, sex stories. Uh, <laughs> I think it would be, like, juvenilely amusing – I'm sure if he had said anything like really, truly tantalizing, it would have made it its way out. But, uh, you know, and, and just the typical uh, amusement of listening to Howard Stern, and, and I don't much anymore, just, you know, hearing him trying to goad people into saying something and, you know, Robin and whoever's on the show now uh, with him kind of kind of laughing along with it all. But, uh, but yeah, so Joe Namath said that, and then, and then Josh McCown, who I don't, don't think is ever going to go on Howard Stern, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> was on ESPN and he was, he ranked his top five receivers in the NFL. I don't know who he, I don't know who all he put in there. He put in some of the obvious guys, but he left out Antonio Brown. He left out DeAndre Hopkins and he included Julian Edelman, which is weird. Uh, maybe not as weird as it would have been if he had included Julian Edelman with Antonio Brown and DeAndre Hopkins, but he left those guys out, which was kind of bizarre. But you no, know, I mean, if, on the other hand, do you want a guy you know, does ESPN want a guy, I should say, offering just milk toast opinions on there? No, they want a guy who's going to say something that's buzzy. Would it would it have resonated if Josh McCown said something completely basic on on there? No, but now everybody knows Josh McCown's an analyst for ESPN because he said something a little a little out of the ordinary. So there you go. That's sort of how it all works with that. If you care to watch ESPN or care to watch sports TV at all beyond the games, which. Quite frankly, I don't, I don't see the value in it. Just watch the games. The, the rest of it is kind of fluff. But but that's really what it is, especially this time of year. It's it's a lot of fluff, and it's a lot of barstool chatter. And I'm sure there was some barstool chatter about, hey, did you see what Josh McCown said about uh, – maybe there wasn't. I don't know. But uh, mm-hmm. did you see what he said about top five receivers and who he left out? Hey, that's kind of weird. And there you go. And that's how ESPN keeps the keeps the content machine churning by uh, – by, by, keeping stuff like that up there. So uh, I think John, you know, in the bigger picture, I mean, who cares, whatever, it's his opinion. Like you're going to like burn the guy at the stake for saying, you know, that Julian Edelman's a top five receiver. I think it's crazy that he didn't include Antonio Brown and DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, come on, but, uh, but whatever. And uh, I think it'll be interesting when it comes to, you know, actual analysis, how he does. I think he's a really smart guy. And I think Matt probably talked to you about this last week, but, but when it comes to like actual stuff, not like give me your rankings, yeah, and like, but how about like break down this play for me? Like, what's going on here? What's the quarterback thinking? What does he see? What's went wrong? What went right on the play? That stuff is a, is I think really useful. Um, and I kind of poo pooed the, you know, these studio shows or whatever. And for the most part, they're garbage. But uh, but some of this stuff, 
because remember that edge NFL matchup show that was really fascinating. And I probably, you know, people didn't watch it. It's too smart for people. They want, you know, they dumb everything down and they, it's the debate culture and all of that. And that, that's what rises to the top. So, but in the, the few opportunities these guys get to kind of break down X's and O's, I think it'll be really interesting to see how Josh does with that. Um, because, uh, he is good. He's really smart. He can get a little long winded as I'm like rambling about him being long winded. Uh, but, he can get a little long-winded. So when you're on TV, let's see if he can kind of tighten it up and be concise and, and explain things really well. Uh, I'm sure they'll work with him on that, but he's very affable. Um, uh, he's a good-looking dude, so he'll, be, he'll probably do well on TV. And uh, in terms of, uh, you know, being comfortable and, and, and looking comfortable on TV, and, uh, and I think it'll be an interesting thing. And plus, you know, it's, it's probably going to be a very much of a part-time thing for him let him be around his family and his kids a lot more, um, which will be cool for him because his, his boys are getting into playing football and all that stuff. So he was definitely an engaging guy to cover, no doubt. Uh, really, really smart, really sharp guy. Uh, and uh, and uh, I hope he does well for himself with that. I think it'll be a, a cool challenge. And, you know, allow him to just not sit around at the house. You know, allow him to kind of stay involved. And it's got to be easy money. I mean, it's got to be such easy money. Um, but I'm sure he'll try to do a good job with it uh, as well. My quick takeaways here are that Joe Namath is completely correct, and it's not really a surprise to anybody that he would think that Brady's the best quarterback because Brady is the best quarterback. And as far as McCown, his opinion's insane, but like you said, let's see what happens with this. I, too, don't believe much in these studio shows. I think they're generally a waste of time. And if you want smart coverage, you go to places like PlayLikeAJet and NJ.com, right, Daryl? Oh, exactly. Exactly. You took the words right out of my mouth. (laughs) (laughs) So continue to do that. And on that note, I should say that enough of you have done so that I'm going to announce here. And Daryl, you've been a big part of making this happen. So thank you for coming on with me so many times and helping to draw people in to listen to this podcast. But between myself and Joe Caparoso, the TOJ digital brand has now hit half a million audio downloads for the year. So thank you so much to everybody who keeps listening to the podcast. And Daryl, like I said, thank you so much for being such a big part of helping to make that happen. Yeah. No problem. Happy to help. And yeah, you guys do a great job. So that's pretty awesome. And I guess that means uh, if it's not a million, then it's going to be a disappointment, right? Well, I don't know. <laughs> when did you hit a half million? Was it through the end of June, right? So we're at six months in. So it's got it. You got to get to a million easily, right? That's uh, that's got to be the goal. So uh, yeah, I hadn't I didn't know that. That's pretty cool. So I'm glad you mentioned that. But yeah, I'm, I'm happy to kind of come on and 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 and, uh, and help help. Uh, contribute to that and help us uh, sh- shoot the bull with you here on here about about jet stuff and a lot of other things we end up rambling about as long as the jets aren't outright terrible this year i'm hoping that during the season the numbers pick up and we well surpass one million so we'll see yeah. what happens yeah. but again thank you so much to everybody who helped make this happen everybody that comes on the show everybody that listens to the show joe caparoso who has built such a great platform over at toj And like I said, let's keep our fingers crossed and hope that the Jets cooperate, give us a fun season, and people are really interested to listen throughout the year because the last couple of years they've been bad, so 
people haven't been as into it during the season, but as we saw with the Browns last year, once things start to pick up, so does fan interest. So let's go Jets this year, not only because I'm a huge Jets fan and I want to see them win, but also I'd like to see more people listening to this podcast. We've done strong numbers, and I think we can do even better going forward. So looking forward to the challenges that lay ahead. Daryl, you will continue to be a big part of that for as long as you keep picking up the phone when I call you. So thanks again for coming on this week. Really appreciate it. Before you go, why don't you let everybody know what you and your partner, Matt Stipulkowski, have cooking up at nj.com yeah we got a bunch of uh season look ahead stuff and just your typical off-season rankings type stuff on there i mean it's kind of a slow season uh right now but uh but yeah that's it's pretty it's you're pretty pretty much uh looking ahead to position by position stock reports going into training camp so we have a bunch of those up there and then just sort of where the Jets fall in some of these NFL-wide ranking type things, which everyone seems to like to do around this time of year just because it's something to do. So, yeah, appreciate everybody reading, and appreciate you having me on as always. Go ahead and read Matt and Daryl over at NJ.com. Follow Daryl and Matt on Twitter. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and TurnOnTheJets.com.